Because... Good morning, church family. Uh, we are so glad that we get to worship with you today. Um, we are uh, doing things a little differently this week. The last couple weeks, it's just been me here in my office, uh, and we've changed that up a little bit. Um, Kyle is with me today, and we are doing our best to make sure that we are staying socially distant from one another, um, but it's been nice having him here this morning. Um, I don't know that we'll get six feet. My office is not very big, but we promise both of us are feeling very healthy today. Uh, um, if you hear Kyle coughing and sneezing, it's because of allergies, not because he is um, sick. Sick, yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, we want to share with you guys this morning a few announcements, things that are coming up that uh, you should be aware of. And so I'm going to cut my face off there. Uh if you take a look at your screen here, you're going to see that we have um, a couple of things to remind you about. Um, we have our weekly update. The first is a reminder that uh, the church retreat is not going to happen this year. Uh, we've decided that it's best for us to cancel it um, in light of the virus and potential uh, difficulty in planning it as a result of that. Usually this happens at the end of May. Um, and we recognize that uh, we just don't have the time for that to happen. Um, we also have decided to push our Vacation Bible School back to August. Um, it takes a lot of time to roll out a VBS uh, in the same way that it takes a lot of time to plan a retreat. Uh, and we want to make sure that whatever VBS we put on is going to be a positive and beneficial experience for the kids that we're trying to serve. And so we've decided to move that uh, to August, and it may take a different form uh, than it has in years past. Uh, but no matter what, we are committed to providing a VBS experience uh, in August. Finally, we want to remind you guys to stay connected. Uh, we know that it's difficult when you are uh, supposed to be quarantining yourself at home, uh, staying in social isolation, um, there are a lot of opportunities for us to connect with one another. Uh, Kyle and I were praying just before uh, service began this morning about the, the benefit that we have of being able to reach one another through technology. And so we want to encourage you guys, keep using Facebook, uh, FaceTime, social media, all the different ways that we have to connect with one another. Um, even better than that, send out notes. Uh, Emma got a, a card from Bonnie Fritz this week. And it was a tremendous blessing for her. It was really encouraging. And uh, she's excited because she thinks maybe she's got a, a quarantine pen pal. Um, so, uh, reminder, just connect with people. Also, keep in mind that there are those in our congregation who have needs that maybe you can help meet in some way. Um, people who might need groceries picked up for them, uh, prescriptions uh, picked up from a, a pharmacy. If you're able to do that, uh, you can talk to Norma, uh, send an email to the church office, and we can make sure that we put you in touch with people who have needs as they express them to us. Uh, and if you have those needs, please don't hesitate to let us know, because we want to make sure that we are blessing you in whatever way we're capable of doing. Um, we have uh, a quick reminder that we are also still accepting our contributions at this time that you can give. Uh, through check or cash, uh, by mailing it to the church. You can also put it in the drop box for our mail. That goes right into my office, which is locked. And then I can get that to Norma, 
um, who can also pass it on to Kboid as the need exists. Um, also, you can do bill pay, uh, set it up with your bank and have it sent along. Um, and we have online giving through our website uh, that Kyle has set up, and uh, you can find the link there and continue to give. This allows us to continue to meet some of the benevolence needs. We have an increased benevolence need right now, and so we want to encourage you to remember to keep giving um, so that we can help meet the needs of those who are in need. Um, This morning, we want to go ahead and move right into our service uh, with our scripture reading. And so I'm going to encourage you to follow along uh, with what is on the screen. If you have your Bibles, you can also pull those out and uh, we will share in scripture this morning. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. God bless the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. I'm really glad to be able to be here uh, with you guys live. I'm going to scoop myself in a little bit because you're just going to be seeing me. So just bear with me as I get myself set up here. It's great to to be here. I know things are, at least for me, kind of weird. I'm not used to just kind of talking to a camera. I'd much rather be able to look out and and, and see you all. Uh, But just know that uh, we love you. We miss you. we, We want to be able to help you in any way that you might have need. So please let us know. I really encourage you to to keep connecting with one another on social media or email or writing letters. Uh, Keep sharing with us uh, your needs and your prayer requests and praying for one another. All of that stuff has been very encouraging to me as I, you know, sit at home and wish that I was able to to be with you all. And so please continue to to, to share that. Um, So we've been continuing this, this series on... The, 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 the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and, and how all of these things magnify the image of God. And so, uh, this morning we're going to be focusing on, on his burial. And as I've been thinking about our time in quarantine, I've realized, you know, a lot of us have a lot of time on our hands. So, maybe you have 
more time on your hands to ask some questions while your family is all stuck together. Things like, why do we have so many dishes all of the time? I don't know if you've noticed that, but it seems like we're always washing dishes. Um, who used all the toilet paper? When will these kids go back to school or when can I go back to work? You know, these are questions that we're asking right now because we have time on our hands. But hopefully, we also have time to ask some deeper questions like, what's going on right now? What is, where's God in all of this? Uh, what's God working on right now? And what will our next chapter look like as a church, as a family, as a community? These are all things that, that I'm thinking about and I'm sure a lot of you are thinking about. And it makes me think that, you know, when Jesus was arrested and when he was being crucified, I think that the disciples were probably asking some of those questions too. Maybe not the one about the dishes, but maybe what is God doing? What's going to happen next? What's going on? As they watch their rabbi, their Messiah, their friend uh, suffer and be crucified, I can't help but imagine that they were asking these very questions. A huge chapter in their life was closing. And so they were entering into this time of unknown and uncertainty. And so they were probably asking this question, where is God and what will happen next? And, you know, during this time as we as we prepare for Easter, I know that the, the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus are, are very important. I believe that his burial is also something that we need to reflect on. And I think it's something that the disciples needed to experience. I think it's something that they needed to understand. And I think it's something that, that we need to understand too. So let's, let's dive in. Traditionally, the last two phrases that Jesus utters from the cross are, It is finished, which you can find in John, and Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, which you can find in Luke in our, in our reading today. And there's uh, several other sayings. I think there's about seven total that he says, and all of them have significance. But both of these sayings have great significance on what comes next. When he says, it is finished, we're given this picture of, of triumph, that Jesus has triumphed over sin and death and, you know, what is finished when he says that? It's not just him and, and his death, but it's his entire mission. Everything he's been working towards has finally been completed. And then, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This, this symbolizes relinquishment, that um, he's given himself fully over to God. He's handed himself over to the Father. Um, they are reunited, and Jesus is laying down his burdens. And I think these two phrases really set the tone for what comes next in the narrative. So Jesus finishes his greatest task in ministry on earth. He's, he's come, he's lived a human life, he's done ministry for three years, he's endured the cross, and now the work is done. So what does Jesus do next? And again, I think we're often quick to jump from the cross to the empty tomb because the cross is kind of the bad part. We don't, you know, that's the sad part of the story. Let's get to the good part. We know, we know where this is going. But we don't want to skip 
we don't want to neglect an important piece of that, and that is his burial. And I think that the gospel writers really wanted us to focus on that for, for part of this time as we think about this, this story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. They, they mention his death in, in every single gospel, and I think they, they really wanted us to see that there's a message here, that there's a way in which the image of God is magnified, not just through the death, not just through the resurrection, but also through the burial of Jesus. And his burial is, symbol- is symbolic in, in many ways. And I want to highlight three of them for you. So first, and this is probably most obvious, but Jesus' burial is clearly symbolic of his own death. So that Jesus actually died is really important for us to know. Um, that's, you know, the part that comes after death is, is the burial part. And we have to be reminded that the sacrifice Jesus had to die Jesus' burial left no doubt to that reality. If you kind of sit back and think about it, it is kind of interesting how much detail they go into to really provide you with something firm to hold on to. They didn't waste any ink or papyrus on this. They wanted people to know and to believe that Jesus had actually died for them, that this wasn't a trick, but this was a reality, something that we can put our faith in. So they wanted us to know that Jesus had truly died. Second, we know that his, uh, his crucifixion was the day before the Sabbath. And this is, again, why it's really important that we don't skip the burial of Jesus. And just a, a quick side note. I know that there's a lot of debate as to what day Jesus actually died on. Was it a Thursday? Was it a Friday? But ultimately, my point isn't really affected by that. Um, it is fun, however, to study that that stuff and to try to put the timeline back together because technically the Passover would have been a special Sabbath um, no matter what day of the week that that fell on each year. And most people or many believe that in AD 30, when Jesus, when the majority of people believe he was crucified, that that fell on um, a Friday, which would have put two Sabbaths in a row, Friday and Saturday. So, um, and, and, and even Matthew kind of hints at that in Matthew 28, verse 1. He, he, when he uses the word Sabbath, it's plural. So it's almost like there were two special Sabbaths. But anyways, all of that aside, what's most important is that Jesus was crucified right before the Sabbath. And we're told that in every gospel. Every gospel mentions in some way that Jesus was crucified on the day of preparation or the day before Sabbath. So the day of preparation was the day where they prepared to observe the Sabbath. And this is why Joseph, um, the one who buries Jesus, is so quick to do so, because he wants to make sure that he can, one, observe the Sabbath himself, because he couldn't have buried Jesus on the Sabbath, and two, he wanted to make sure that the body was properly cared for in preparation for the Sabbath. So again, the gospel writers, they make it clear that people were preparing for the Sabbath and that this was all part of that preparation of Jesus' burial. And so that gets us to the third point. Why does this all matter? Why does it matter that Jesus was crucified before the Sabbath? 
Um, and why, why are we talking about all this? Because I really do think it's significant. So our third point is that Jesus himself also rested on the Sabbath. And perhaps we don't think or, or stop to think very uh, very often about this as we're thinking about his, his death and his burial and resurrection because we're often more focused on the cross or the empty tomb. But something amazing happens on that Saturday between the cross and the empty tomb. And that is that Jesus rested from his work. He, had, he honored God by keeping the Sabbath. And I believe that even in death, Jesus reminds us of the importance of that holy rhythm. So I want to spend just a, a couple minutes talking about the significance of Sabbath as a holy rhythm. And this brings us all the way back to the beginning. In the creation narrative, um, we see Sabbath highlighted because Jesus himself did it and he and we need to keep it holy. We need to practice it and remember it. So our rest gives us time to remember and so does our time of communion. If you think about it, every week as we gather together, even though it's not on you know Saturday, we have this time in our worship where we stop and we reflect together, we remember what Jesus has done, and we keep this time holy. And so we're about to enter into a time of communion, and I'd really encourage you to spend some time in rest, spend some time remembering what Jesus has done for us. And I just want to remind you that God loves you, that uh, I love you, and that we miss you, and uh, we hope that you'll take some time to really rest, but do it intentionally and uh, find some ways to, 